from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Should I come in with the uh, Guess Who's Back theme again? <laughs> or is my, are my singing days over? I was thinking that. that. That sounded familiar. I'm back, baby. That's right. You missed me? I did. It was, oh, it was painful. Let me tell you. Based on <laughs> based on what I listened to, you missed me. Actually, I'm kidding. What did I text you? I texted you, didn't I? You did. You said that I'm going solo. I'm like uh, Beyonce. Yeah. You don't, you don't need... I'm Destiny's Child. You don't need me anymore. <laughs> You're going to be the Queen Bee at some point. That's right. I'll be uh I'll be Golik in that great show. <laughs> That's working out terribly for both both of them. Yes, I'm not. Oh, a, so have you seen Greenberg now? I'm not a huge fan. Oh, by the way, welcome to the Tennis <laughs> Revolution, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Nah, not tuning in. Download. Um, yeah, I don't think it's uh, worked out for either of them. I still haven't seen Greenberg, but I, it's definitely not working out for the other. Well, just let that be a lesson to you. Um, don't ever leave me. Yeah. And I will never leave you. How romantic is that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it seems, uh, now listen, he's only been doing it for a month or something. Let's give him a minute for God's sakes. Well, yeah. And I mean, with Golik, he's got to deal with someone else. So it's going to take you a while to get with the different, I mean, no, no, no. He sucks. Well, yeah, he, he's never going to recover. <laughs> oh, it's not going to matter. Oh, that's a shit show. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that that's going to last much longer. Well, I guess they could always just go back to the radio and get it off of ESPN. Are you saying the TV part is the part that's bad? No, it all sucks. But I mean, I never watched the TV part. But I, I I would think they would have a less, a lot less of a financial commitment if they just went back to the radio side. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of markets just want that show, so they don't have to pay their own people. They can just you know buy a show from out of town and not worry about yeah, it. Yeah, and they're going to cover everything you need to have covered. Maybe not local, obviously. That's the whole point, I guess. But so anyway, the point being is, uh, you suck without me. <laughs> I probably wouldn't suck without you. Um, um, but I, go back and download. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, those aren't even available uh, anymore. I'm going to change the podcast name um, effective immediately. <laughs> Oh my God, those are pay. Listen, first of all, at least you've been doing this podcast with me for fifty episodes, right, or whatever it is. Feels like five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so then you go off on your own, and it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm doing what I normally right. do. I'm just doing it by myself. When I started doing it by <laughs> myself, it was the first time I'd ever done it, and right. well, well, obviously, I'm a, a pure natural talent. That's clear. <laughs> But uh, you don't have anybody to save you when you don't know what's happening. It was tough sledding, man. <laughs> it was tough sledding. It sounds, hey, podcasting, we make it sound easy. Yeah. Um, and it is, actually. It's not. <laughs> well, everybody told me that, oh, you talk to yourself every day on the court. It should be easy. I said, well, <laughs> I got people that pretend to listen to me on the court, at least. Yeah, but well, you're calling yourself names and punching <laughs> yourself or whatever. Um, you know, I actually coached a guy. Who would get so? This is years ago. Yeah. I, I won't name the guy or the school. It could have been a girl, but before it wasn't. my time. Oh, it wasn't at the, even this place. Oh, okay. It's a whole different place. Nice. Um, he would get so frustrated. He would slap himself <laughs> in the face. Mm. Now you might think, man, that's crazy. 
until I tell you that's how I feel a lot of times doing this podcast <laughs> with you, sir. Um, so if you, you want to slap me in the face or yourself? Myself, myself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it, yeah, it was very. Uh, it's a tough sport we play, man. Yeah, I don't know how I would react if my opponent started slapping himself in the face. That would be <laughs> a challenge. And he didn't do it for that reason. I mean, he was really just trying not to yeah. probably break a racket or throw his racket over the fence or, <laughs> you know, strangle his opponent. Um, well, I've seen people, like, hit their legs, you know, even, like, hit themselves in the head with a right. racket. But I've never seen a slap. Yeah, it was, it was uh, I was, let's just say the first time it, it happened, uh, I was taken aback. <laughs> Did he play better after or worse? <laughs> That's a good question. I I couldn't focus. I don't know. Right. I don't I don't know what happened. It was so strange. Yeah, he comes off with the handprints on his face and you don't know what happened. Hashtag me too. <laughs> um Yeah, so anyway, but that just I mean, that's just a, a small example of of things people can do playing this dumb game of ours because it's I mean, outs, outside of a actual fighting sport you know this is a one-on-one sport so you don't get hit or kicked or what you know whatever else they do like an i don't know any of the names of the moves <laughs> in mma so outside of getting physically injured by your opponent um although one of my players did hit a guy with a ball uh during a match this weekend <laughs> um, well i mean he was in the court it wasn't it was during a point it wasn't <laughs> oh, okay. like he was like okay followed him to the bathroom right. and just started wailing <laughs> tennis balls at him um yeah, but you know, aside from uh, aside from you know combat sports, I guess is what they're called. You know, we're the closest thing to that. You know, mano imano or woman amana womano or whatever. You know, one on one is what I'm getting at. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, a little bit less intimidating than uh, a physical sport, but still, oh, you don't for- have anybody to coach you and tell you to pull it together. Oh, for sure. Well, that's the hard part. In college, we do. In college, we do. You know, I mean, these youngsters uh, out there trying to do what they do, and we try to help. So what was your sage advice to him when he was slapping himself in the face? <laughs> oh, good Lord, nothing. <laughs> I Listen. Did you give him some gloves and, uh, <laughs> to uh, soften the blow? Some moisturizer. So it didn't. <laughs> wow. No, I don't I don't remember. Nothing. I, don't, I was the assistant coach. I don't so. think there's a. There's a there's a rule book or a yeah, handbook for that. Let the head coach handle that nonsense. Right. That's, that's uh, above my pay grade. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, what was it? Usney that hit the that made himself bleed by hitting himself in the face with a racket over and over in one match. It was real famous. Yeah, his his uh, forehead. Right. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, but we've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, you know, from Goran Ivanisevic and Marat Safin both pulling their shorts down, <laughs> and didn't Rod didn't. I thought Roddick did it too. No. I was thinking he did it years later, and they were like, oh, it reminds me of Marat Safin. Really? I thought so. Hey, call in if you, Roddick, Andy Roddick, call in. <laughs> um, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer and future, former and future top 30 player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> well, I think he did it like maybe after a match. It was something weird. I don't remember what the context was. I think he uh, he had somewhere to be, <laughs> and he had to change real quick. Right. And he just, so he just did it right there on the court. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I, that sounded familiar. I don't know. Maybe he did something else that was similar. I don't know. So, by the way, so um, after listening to the podcast last week, I texted you. Uh, that was a great job. What else did I text you? Um, that you want to be like me. I can't remember all of it. Yeah, so. <laughs> just a gushing. Uh, no, I said 
man, maybe I should let you talk more. Oh, yeah. That's not conscious. I said good luck with that. That's not conscious. <laughs> I don't do that on – I'm not trying to minimize – I'm not counting your minutes like in a basketball right. game and you're like, you know, the 19th like, man. Put me in, coach. Yeah, here at the end of the bench. I'm like, well, I'm out of players. I guess you're in. <laughs> no, I don't – I'm not I'm limiting – I'm just 18 coaches and then me at the end, <laughs> the 19th. Yeah, I'm not limiting your minutes. I, it's just – you get, I run, you get excited. I run my dumb face. I mean, that's what I do. That's what I <laughs> thought. I said, hey, I, that's, I got an idea. Let's do a podcast. Right. No, uh, I like it. No, but I, uh, that was a, a compliment to you. You're supposed to say thank you, you selfish <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I think I did in text. I'm a lot friendlier in text. Uh, but yeah, I got a little bit uh, passionate last week about some of the stuff I was talking about. Well, first of all, I don't understand why we don't have legions of female fans like searching out the studio because your voice is just dead sexy, man. Oh yeah, of course. Hey, listen to that. <laughs> I, mean, I need to. Adjust, I need to like make you sound like Minnie Mouse or something more. I, looking for the <laughs> controls on this board. Yes. I don't know how to operate. This He's board. running the board this week, so if anything crazy happens, yeah, our producer is uh, went on a bender this weekend and couldn't make it. <laughs> and I'm kidding, Michael. I'm kidding. This is how high tech we are now. We can run our own board. It's big time. Big I've got time. this microphone that makes my voice sound deeper. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it, it, no, that's how his voice always sounds. <laughs> um, oh yeah, this is a tennis podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I did sometimes. talk about players hitting themselves in the yeah. face. So I guess that's part partly. So um, now let me ask you this: as we always get in gender topics, are guys harder on themselves during matches or girls? Ooh, man! Based on based on my wife's tennis, it would be girls. <laughs> that is an excellent question. I I I right now I coach both men and women. And at other jobs, I have coached both men and women, and also at a, a job I've coached just men, um, in terms of college. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, I've taught tennis to to lots of people. Hmm. Man, that is such a good question. I think we'd also have to delineate. Yeah, baby. Uh, between <laughs> levels too, because yeah. how about men? And kids are hard to you know quantify because they're. Usually, kids are pretty laid back when it comes to learning. They don't get all crazy yeah. on them. But how about teaching beginner adults men versus women? Because I think that's a different dynamic than high level stuff. You know, and, and by high level, I even mean like you know high level juniors or college, not right. necessarily just fettering them. Um, well, and men might also get more angry at their themselves, but not vocalize it as much too. So. I could be hating myself in a match and not saying anything, and you don't know that I'm hating myself. So that's the other part is who shows it more also. So which one are you, the beginner or the? <laughs> Depends on the day. Um, well, actually, hmm. see, I was going to say, the I would say the opposite from coaching women is that they internalize it more. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know which is which, but I think some, it's hard to say who because some don't don't make it where you can tell. I would say, by and large, more women's players I've coached internalize it. More men are breaking rackets and throwing racket bags over fences and punching water coolers. Well, and I think maybe women are more... And that was all just you, your senior <laughs> year. I think women are more disappointed in themselves, whereas guys are more pissed off. Well, here, listen, if this gets me in trouble, call in. I don't care, because I'm right. I don't <laughs> care. If you want to... That should be the mantra of the podcast. Yeah, screw you, I'm right. Um... So, generally, because obviously there are always exceptions to every general rule, but that doesn't disprove the general rule. Right. Um, so, generally speaking, if you have a group of girls or women, so like a, a team, and I am 
discussing a negative issue about behavior on the team or just something, whatever. Every one of those girls is going to be looking, you know, to to each side of her and, and think, "Oh God, he's talking about me." Right. And I'm not. Right. Well, I, somebody you are. I'm maybe. talking about one of them, <laughs> but all of them are saying that. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. You just do the exact same thing to the men. They're looking around saying, "Who the hell is he talking right. about?" <laughs> it's you, dumb dumb. Who the hell? He's yeah. talking about me. I don't. These other chumps. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So that plays out also when you're talking the, the the brilliant. I might add derailed us totally <laughs> from Houston and Marrakesh right. uh, and then uh, impending Monte Carlo. And That's how excited I am to talk about those. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and you know what else? Bad cup. Jinked out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. How is that like every month on I this podcast? <laughs> I think they're all spelled different and we just call them all jinked out. They, they have their own circuit there. Just so. in that city. Just that city. <laughs> <laughs> Jing oh. Jones, Jack Sock. Yeah. We can make a whole podcast. All right. So, hell was I saying, man? Come on. <laughs> this is a oh. professional outfit here. We're trying to. You were talking about, um, I don't even know. Oh, so I think you're, by the way, it was a brilliant question. Oh, that, that's that was what you a were really, me. How can I forget this? Yeah. It was a brilliant question uh, because I think, again, this is college level. So, beginner may be different, but. Um, that mentality of the guy looking around saying, "Well, who who, who the hell is he talking about? You ain't talking about me. I'm, right. I'm on point." That that plays itself out in the middle of the competitive environment. So they're playing in a match and they're losing. It's not their fault, which is a problem. Right. It's a problem. Now, to some degree, that sort of confidence when when the the men's team standing around in a group and I'm berating them for something and they none of them think it's them yeah i mean that protects your ego a little bit and maybe helps you with your confidence which confidence to some degree obviously is important in competing uh but not if it's false confidence yeah because if you don't have you know to have real confidence you have to be able to hold yourself accountable <laughs> now on the flip side you're standing around talking to the group the women's team and they all think i'm talking about them uh, and so how does that translate to on court? Well, every time they're making an error or even even if they don't make an error, I mean, it is possible that the other player can hit a good shot <laughs> and you can give credit where credit is due, but they don't. That's foreign concept in tennis. Well, they don't because now it's like, you know, why can't I play? Why right. am I no good? Why am I? And again, generalization. So please, 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 fem- feminist bloggers don't call me. Um, you could call in though, I guess, but... <laughs> Well, and the second part of that question I was going to ask is which gender is harder on their partners when their partners aren't playing well? Because I've played with some guys that every time I miss a shot, I feel like they're you know they're pissed at me, and I've played with some ladies, same thing. Because hmm. I feel like we're I, all hard on ourselves, but most people, right? Some people aren't hard on their partners, and some are. I think that might be more two thing two two factors: the least confident player. Or the, the the player that thinks they're the better player, even if they're not, right, right, uh, because now they have to yell at their partner. Yeah, but I'll tell you, mixed doubles. You know, it, so many many fans out there, our thousands and legions of fans, might not realize. I've, I've said this before on the pod before, uh, but in Texas, we have mixed doubles in high school. Right now, I can't think for a, a of a better recipe for disaster <laughs> than. A sweet 
angel of a girl <laughs> playing on a mixed doubles team with some jackass freshman immature idiot. Yeah. And then and she's better than he is. Like maybe not even head to head, but just she's higher, you know, right. she might be a top 20 player in the state and this kid's unranked, but he's a boy so he thinks he's better. Well, and that's kind of how a lot of the coaches do it. They'll put one of their best girls in mixed and put one of their worst guys because all the good guys want to play singles or, or guys doubles. Right, and that I've seen, you know, because recruiting, I recruit lots of places, but in the area we're in, all, you know, a lot of, you know, the public high schools are really good by and large across yeah. the state. There's a lot, you know, um, a lot of states aren't like that. Usually it's the private schools that are better. But, okay. Um, but anywho, uh, so I'm watching these matches, and these jackass children, these boys, are berating their double, their female high school girl doubles partners to a level of it's like watching Ike and Tina Turner. Yeah. Now See, nobody, nobody listen, uh, nobody hearing this podcast gets that reference because that was in the <laughs> '60s. But uh, hashtag Me Too for real. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Rihanna and Chris Brown. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah. So it it's it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of it. It only happens where you know the coach isn't a strong coach and doesn't want to. You know. Yeah. Whatever. But it it's it's a little unnerving to the point where I wish we'd get rid of mixed doubles in high in. It's weird. It's yeah. just weird. When what I tell people that I coach, I say, if you are yelling at your partner, are they going to play better or worse? And I would say the vast majority are going to play worse. Yeah, exactly. So you're not going to help. I mean, there are some people that play better when they get angry and that kind of thing. But right. I mean, if I got a partner yelling at me, then I feel like I'm playing three against one. I'm just ready to get off the court. Well, here, I mean, and listen, if both players are confident, and that doesn't mean they think they're the best, that means they are realistic about their game. They understand their ups and downs and their goods and bads and understand that, hey, you know, if I'm playing well, I still might not win, and that's all right. You know, I'm trying to compete, and that's really the main thing. If both players are in that mode, then there's a good symbiotic relationship, and there's not one player that's trying to cover up for their ego because it's amazing if you were to do stats between a doubles team the person yelling at the partner versus the partner getting yelled at, I guarantee you the partner getting yelled at has made more, less unforced errors than the person yelling about unforced right. errors. I would almost bet money. I would have a tendency to agree with that. Well, my favorite is when I, you know, the baseline player, like I would put myself in there because I do this all the time, hits it right to the other net player, and the net player hits a winner on my partner, and I get mad at my partner for not getting the ball back. I'm like, I'm the reason we lost the point, but their right. error goes on them because they hit the last shot. Right, right. So, I mean, that's what – I watch that all day, every day, and I'm like, your partner should never get that ball back. You shouldn't hit it to the net player. Oh, so that was a hypothetical. You would never make that <laughs> error, particularly in light of the fact that under my tutelage, <laughs> we uh, – yeah. So, no, no, that, that's a that's a dynamic you see all the time is, is when you're playing one up, one back – and it's that way on both sides because right. obviously if it's two up, then you're going to hit to some yeah. person. Um, when it's one up, one back, and you just – I don't I don't mind a lot of times if a player trying to drive, the, you know, hit a winner or at least get the yeah. net person off the middle right. a little bit. So sometimes it's acceptable and yeah. they're going to, you know, they're going to hit that volley right down the but alley. it's still your and, fault if, you, if it doesn't exactly, work. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's they just float one right – 
<laughs> over the net strap. Yeah. And then boop. And, and then it's like, where were you? Why didn't you get that back? Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. I mean, with my penetrating slice backhand, I never never got it to the net player. But uh, yeah, you mean no, it never st- <laughs> never made it to the net player. Never you made mean? it over the net. Uh, but your I know side I, of the court first, and then the net. <laughs> that's why I don't let my partners play the net. I'm like, with my slice backhand, you don't want to be up there. You just have uh, weight in the car. Yeah, <laughs> this will be over soon. Don't worry. So I mean, folks, I fully admit, folks, he's a fine, fine player. Oh yeah, he's a fine, fine player. <laughs> he dresses like it anyway. That's right. I got my polo on and my work clothes. Uh, but I no, I fully admit if I set the ball to the net player, I will apologize immediately. But I have many partners who don't do the same. Yeah, that's a great teammate. And that's another thing. Uh, back to that female-male dynamic. The women, the net player who's getting attacked, you know, when the, when the person hits that ball over the middle, more times than not t- tries to take responsibility for that. Yeah. And I always try to nip it in the bud. I'm like, hey, that's not your fault. That's her fault. Right. She hit it. I mean, what do you, you know. And yeah, I mean, the net player could back up and maybe get a racket on it and get it back. Like, but what do you think? You're Martina Hingis up in here? Come on now. <laughs> but you're not supposed to. Exactly. I mean, exactly. If they're good at the net, they should put it away. Right. Yep. So. All right. Look at us talking about double strategy. Weird. <laughs> Weird. And in, in how abusive high school boys are to their mixed doubles partners these days. So lesson is don't play mixed doubles. It Just get like. it out of the – listen, if you want to get a divorce, sure, go ahead and play. <laughs> but high school kids are not – boys in, in particular are not equipped. Maybe it's a good life lesson. I don't know. But do you want to make a young lady suffer for a whole season to teach <laughs> this dumb, dumb a lesson? Well, and I think they – supposedly the reason they did it was to get like two more players on varsity on every team or one more player. But, you know, a lot of teams don't even have enough players to fill a varsity – well, one thing that I sort of um, – that doesn't bother me about anything that they do in high school tennis in Texas is because of the trade-off that we play high school tennis year-round. Right. Um, you know, so both semesters, we have a full season. Now, one of them's an individual season, one of them's a team season, but still, that's a lot of tennis these kids are playing. And don't en- underestimate how much just hitting tennis balls at that age can help you. Totally. That's how. I, that's basically how I learned, which is by playing a lot. And your college coach. Well, after that. Um, yeah. So they, um, you know, so they get to play year round, and so eh, a couple abused, you know, girls, <laughs> whatever. Well, please don't uh, mark that. Line. No, no. Liz, well, it, it, I'm, obviously, I'm kidding, but it's on the coaches, uh, you know, because to some degree, no, I mean, it is. I obviously, agree. The, the the boys, I mean, they're not idiots. They know right from wrong, so they know, you know, they're acting like jackasses. But so did the kid that was hitting himself in the face. I mean, right. but he, he, you know, he could not keep his emotions in control, and so you're, it's a big ask for a ninth grader who's in a competitive setting. And has the pressure of not looking like a jackass in front of girls, yeah. which is a whole nother thing. Right or wrong, it doesn't matter. That's what we do. We're boys. We want to show off in front of girls. <laughs> right. And when it doesn't go well, it goes really not well. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, it's up to them. That's where their responsibility starts for the actual human being. But look, the coach is there overseeing all of it and doesn't need to put, you know, put his women's players in that position. Or at least nip it in the bud to where that lesson is taught immediately so they're not dealing with that for a whole season. Well, and the way I look at it is you go into a doubles match knowing the level of your partner. 
So 90% of the time, right. they're going to play within their level. Right. If they, they're playing just a horrendous match and the worst you've ever seen them play, I mean, that's different. But again, I still wouldn't yell at them. I would, you know, you'd want to try to be motivational to some degree. But Yeah, taking pressure off is always better right. than adding more undue pressure. And by the way, that kid that's yelling, remember, he's the one that sucks. Right. So anyway... I don't know how we got off on high school, <laughs> Texas high school tennis and mixed doubles. And I like to broaden the horizons of the show. Yeah, why not? But you know what? I will say this. I mean, a lot of places can't do year-round tennis, just weather prohibitive. Yeah. Um, well, and we have, you do send more kids to state and, and, and regionals and all that with mixed doubles, so that's the benefit of it. You have more kids that are successful. Right. So that's, well, I that's mean, a positive. I'm not saying that the mixed and playing year-round is connected, but I'm just saying on... Uh, you know, on the whole, I if, if it means keeping mixed and playing year round, fine. Right. Just because I think playing year round is such a huge benefit. I don't know if California does. They certainly could. I guess you know all the southwestern states could. Most of the yeah. you know, Florida, most of the South could. You know, I mean, I know what, that most private schools don't, and a lot of the in the Midwest they don't. Obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah, weather wise, obviously, you know, indoors are cost prohibitive for high schools typically, but. Um, but hopefully, I would encourage all the southern states, even up to the, I mean, the mid-Atlantic, like Virginia, probably yeah. kind of the, the, the dividing line where it's a little tough to, to get out there until probably mid-March to, you know, where you're feeling like, okay, this is certainly tennis weather now. But, yeah. uh, well, I don't even know how they play in the spring up farther north because they're getting snow you know, this week don't. in northern places. So I don't know how they play tennis any time of year. Well, a week ago... A week ago, Saturday, we played in a match with wind chills. <laughs> At the start of the match, the wind chill was 26 yeah. degrees. I don't know, you know, and we're in Texas. I don't know right. what the hell we were doing. When, so if it's 26 here, imagine what it is, you know, the rest of the country where they're just starting their seasons. All right. So, well, that's the first half of the podcast. <laughs> we discussed absolutely nothing. Yep. And I'm fired up. And I'll tell you why I'm fired up when we come back. <laughs> it's time to join the revolution go to our website tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes email us your questions and comments or give us show ideas All right, we're back. Are you on the edge of your seat just dying to know what got me fired up? I always am. All right, well, first of all, let me not talk about that. (laughs) It's called a tease-tease, the the double tease. Um, So we had uh, what you would call Texas's Grand Slam. Is that what that is? That the biggest tournament in the state of Texas? I I don't even want to give it that much credence. But it is. It's yeah. the biggest tournament in Texas, which sickens me. Well, we used to have the year-end Masters in Houston. Yeah, the World Championships of Tennis. We've yeah. got Davis Cup here. <laughs> you play here. Right. I mean, the list goes on. Well, I mean, and the Irving, what was funny is the Irving, we had an Irving and a Dallas Challenger February and March, and it was about the same field as this tournament. All the same guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that just sounds like such a big tournament. The U.S. Men's Clay Court Championship. It sounds like such a it does huge it. event. It sounds like a, it, actually, it sounds like a tournament I would go to to recruit. <laughs> like it's the U.S. Instead, right. you just take out men's, you just U.S. Clay Courts. U.S. 18s. Yeah, exactly. Clay Court Championships. Um, I, so, Houston. Now, listen. First of all, any Texas tennis 
I'm all about. I support yeah. it and all that because it helps just everything. And we're a pretty healthy tennis state relative to a lot of the country. Well, and having a tournament you can go to that's close of any level is always nice. Right. I mean, Houston is in the southeast corner of the state, and you're talking about probably 900 miles to El Paso. Right. Probably... 800 miles, 700 miles to Amarillo. I'm ballparking this. <laughs> I, am I right? That I mean, probably less than less to El Paso, but yes. What? <laughs> you want to put some money on that? I uh, think I'm not allowed to gamble <laughs> uh, on sports, but I can gamble on directions. You, I've never been to El Paso. Houston. So I, know it's a long, I know it's a long way. It's not like I walked and I was counting the miles. <laughs> All right, so you think, I, I said about 900. I said it's less than and you said it's less from Houston to El Paso. My hometown is 600 miles away and it's in middle can I, Missouri. Can I change which route I go? <laughs> no. All right. You're right. Golly. 745 miles. There you go. Still, it's a long way to go to watch. A, 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 <laughs> but closer than 900. True. By, by a fair amount. That's another couple hours. At least. You can go that you could take that trip in a day. Yeah. Um, what was the other one I said? Amarillo? Yeah, that one I think you were Amarillo closer. Amarillo by morning. <laughs> so Up my voice does not translate to singing, Anto. I have to say. All right, how far is... Oh, God, I was way off. What am I talking oh, see, about? I thought you were that close on that one. 599. I okay. said 700. Well, I, I was off. about 100 and some change off of both. God, I suck. <laughs> what do we bet? Nothing good. Yeah. All right, so anyway. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you why I hate this tournament. All right, well, and let me tell you... One okay. reason. All right. One reason only. Jack Sock? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's every Love tournament. you, Jack Sock. Love but you, buddy. It's because it makes it's completely deceptive. It makes it makes us seem like we're good at clay because every player is American. Oh man, we got these Americans in the semis and finals. It's like oh, and then we go to every other tournament and get killed. So that's what I hate about it. Right. So, U.S. Men's Clay Court Championships. That makes it seem like. I'm the opposite. That makes it seem like that's our marquee clay event yeah, right. for all the best U.S. players. Right. Which is what it ultimately is. Yeah. And that's the shit show we put on right. on display. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's like even the – I feel like if we really had good clay court American players, they wouldn't even play that. They would go play in Marrakesh. Yeah, they'd be – exactly, Marrakesh. <laughs> um, yeah, Marrakesh, man. It's in the desert. I know, I was just watching a show that it was in Morocco, and I was like, that place, it can't be much different than it was 500 years ago. Well, I mean, you still have, like, Casablanca, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, but um, where Marrakesh is, man, it is out there. Again, this is all based on my Google Maps knowledge. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of myself. Are they both 250s? Um, I'm sure Houston's a 250. It has to be. It better be. <laughs> It better be. Let's find out. They've got to both be 250s because I don't know. Yes. That's not a 500. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So both 250s. And again, your point, uh, although probably wrong for just because you <laughs> said it, it turned out to be right this year. And it was Tennis Sangren, the world favorite. <laughs> tennis Twitter's favorite. Their his, own. His first ever final. Tennis Sangren makes it to the finals. And loses to another person, which I guess people don't like him either. I don't. What did he ever do? <laughs> well, we find a reason not to like anybody in America. So he and Stevie Johnson won. 
I don't think anybody really dislikes him. I thought he was pretty well liked. He doesn't have that much personality, but that's all every American <laughs> right. player. So, all right. So, uh, now, to your point, the future of American tennis is just solid as a rock. <laughs> Based on that tournament. Oh, of course, because you have Isner is the one seed. Right. And who does he lose to? Stevie Johnson. Well, who did Stevie Johnson beat? Tiafo. Yeah. And Escobedo. And then what okay. about Jack Sock? He's the three seed. <laughs> who did he lose to? Oh, Taylor Fritz. Yeah, up-and-coming American. Yeah, and who did Taylor Fritz lose to? Ryan Harrison. <laughs> I mean, this is just, wait a minute, it gets better. It gets better. How about Ivo Karlovic? <laughs> Tennis Sangram beat Ivo Karlovic. I did, yeah, I saw he's that He's 85 match. years old. He's still seven <laughs> feet tall, but he's 85 years old. Um, so good, good well, job. I've seen Escobedo twice in my life and both times it was at that tournament. <laughs> so so Sam, he's an American clay court specialist or what? I think Sam Query and Donald Young were the only two Americans to lose to a non-American. Well, I think there was about 20 of the 32 were Americans. It, it's close. It's close. Hey, it's cheaper well, to travel. What I understand is if you're, if you're like Ferrer or somebody, Carreno Busta, why don't you go play Houston and just kill everybody? Yeah, if it's because same, it's still two fifty, right? I guess just because you don't want to travel that far for, just for one tournament for two fifty when you're already in that Europe area of all the next tournaments. Just so and train out of that band of clay court specialists, <laughs> okay, uh, dirt ballers, if you will. Now let's take a look at the Amatakesh. Uh, I'm saying that sexy. <laughs> I did make the claim one year, and I, I will admit this: that Isner was one of the top five clay quarters in the world. <laughs> And that quickly crashed down to earth. Now, was that just a dumb, dumb <laughs> idea, or was that based on my brilliant idea that this is the weakest error in men's tennis, and you were just making fun of that? Well, he beat Federer at Davis in Davis Cup on clay, if you remember, and he had taken right. a doll to five sets. So my thinking was, look at that. He's played two of the greatest players ever, Right. beat one of them, took the other one to five, and then he just didn't beat anybody the rest of the year. Well, I mean, listen, it, it the thing that hurts him, on the one hand, helps him on the other and that's right. that he's not going to have to all right so over the long term he will have to play longer right because generally speaking clay court matches are longer but each individual point he'll better be able to set up for balls within that point and just end points because right. he you know his forehand he tries to hit so huge so yeah still a dumb idea but i see where <laughs> you were going with that so <laughs> anyway all right back to my sexy talk I'm Marrakesh. Morocco. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think uh, we just got uh, 10 extra female fans. All right, so here, here's who we have. So, uh, Albert Ramos Vinolas is the one seed. And he's like an actual clay court specialist. <laughs> as I opposed mean, to Jack Sock. Absolutely and... outstanding, one of the best. And, I, you know, I mean, he go, goes down to a 250. He's going to dominate. Oh, wait, no, he, sorry. <laughs> he lost in the second round to a qualifier from Russia, which I'm sure he plays on clay. Alexei Vatutin. Wow, I never heard of him. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, you, I don't you know. You did hear the big story out of this tournament, didn't you, that was like in the first day? Mm-mm. There was a guy that was 619 in the world that beat Cole Schreiber. Oh, I saw that match. Did you? He was about the, in the physical shape <laughs> of an average PE teacher. That's what I heard. Um, I didn't see it. I just read the story the next day. Well, he 
He, I'm sure he lost the next round, I would assume. He was holding serve, holding serve, hold, they were both holding serve, and uh, and he ended up losing the first set. And so I literally turned it off. Yeah. I was like, come on, this PE teacher <laughs> is not going to, you know, because, I mean, listen, I mean, is chunky the right word? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, and so I turned it off, and son of a bitch, he came back and won. He won this, it, it, they were, it, so it was at two all, and they held, and then Cole Schreiber rolled. Yeah. Uh, 6-2, and then I turned it off. He came back and won the seconds at 6-0. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, how does a 6-19 in the world win us at 6-0? Now, here's, here's a good hashtag one. It looks like a women's match. I mean, come on. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. All right. Well, and, you know, doesn't it remind you of the 90s when you just had these random guys win on clay, and you would never see them any other time? Right. And just that month, they would win all these matches. And you wouldn't see him the whole rest of the year. So Lamine Ouahab. Ouahab, I think. And listen, he had a good showing in the next round. It was three three tough sets. Uh seven six, five, seven, six, three against uh Basilashvili. So he had to be exhausted after yeah. those two matches. But that's but that's not a bad effort for a no, P, for a PE no, teacher. Especially after the long first round match. I mean, eating hot dogs and stuff on changeovers <laughs> and relish. They made such a big deal, that guy, during that RC Cola, you know, with Federer. Now, listen, first of all, let me, uh, I don't know what religion he is. I don't know if he eats hot dogs, but it's just a joke, people. <laughs> he was chunky. All right, he was yeah. a little chubby. No, he, yeah, definitely. I think that was the only reason it was a story, because you looked at him and right. he didn't look like he was a tennis player. Well, man, weakest error. I mean, I rest <laughs> my case. Well, and there used to be some top, and this is not a gender comment either, but remember that there used to be some top 20 top 10 women that did not look like athletes right now you don't see that on either tour right so that's why it's unique it was interesting though but yeah so i mean you know a couple of 250s and and just to, to whet your appetite for clay you know one of them's real clay one of them's american clay where's rest of the world can kiss my ass i'll <laughs> tell you american clay's just fine yeah um it was just i'm sure the points were dramatically different to watch oh certainly certainly you had a bunch of guys trying to drop bombs on their serve and hit big <laughs> forehands on clay, and then you have guys playing real clay. Well, what's funny is I feel like the Americans come to the net more on clay than they do on a hard court. <laughs> I'm like watching them hit it and come in, and I'm like, what is? why is that the strategy on clay? Yeah, I, I think it has to do with their side of the court. They figure, hey, the ball, I can get set up for the ball way better. And I have more time to move in because the ball's bouncing up on the other side, maybe. I don't know. Yep, cross-court pass. Oh, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> All right, you ready for the the big the big reason why I am uh, beyond fired up for Clay? Always, let's hear it. All right, so I was where? Where was I? And it was on my phone. I think I was on. I think I was. We were. Uh, what we weren't playing. I was. We were at dinner after playing this weekend, and I got out my old trusty phone. I went to Google, and I Googled Monte Carlo. Yeah, which already started, which I didn't understand, but whatever. In that old car, the SS came up, and it was <laughs> awesome. And I said, you know what? No. <laughs> so the the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters website came up. So I clicked it or touched it, or whatever you do on an iPhone. And what is the first thing I see? A beautiful red clay court overlooking the 
azure blue oh that's like water. the best the best core that is the, the best core in the world in the, uh, probably in that country as well <laughs> um that principality as well uh what a stunning stunning sight and um we need to hurry up in this podcast so we can rob a bank so i can go we can go <laughs> next year uh because it just i it just we'll get our press passes next year it just uh yeah exactly it just speaks tennis to me that red clay overlooking the the med it's stunning and the city and the whole thing it just is like there we go what's well, such an unusual place for a tennis court <laughs> yeah to be that close when i think it, i think looking at it i think it's um they turn the court really i think they turn the court um when they um have that tournament because during the regular you know whatever um when it's actually just a club that i guess members use or what have you um it's it, they seem to be facing the other way but we, that's neither here nor there um it is a great effect and i'm glad they turn it because you're looking you know you look baseline to baseline from your baseline across the other baseline out to um the med and it, it, it's stunning and that just gets me fired up for all the cool cities, as I always say every year, all the sexy, hot cities that are, you know, um, on the clay court swing, starting with Houston. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's traffic, pollution, burning <laughs> burning um, refineries. Yeah, no, not that. Well, and they had some of our uh, same weather in Houston, too. It was pretty chilly and windy there, so they didn't even get the weather. They The one good thing about Houston, usually it's warm. They didn't even get that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's uh, right on the Gulf. Yeah. So it's pretty far south. So weather wise, pretty year round. I mean, in the summer, it's brutal. Right. I mean, it is brutal. It's 100 and whatever. Plus, yeah. the humidity is unbelievable. Yeah. A lot like Zhengzhou. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, Zhengzhou is in the house and it's a 125K. So I don't okay. Know that, I don't know what that means. Yeah, we don't know how that works. In the yeah, women's. women's. Yeah, it's all a mystery. So, anywho, so but yeah, so we have uh, we have some you know exciting stuff for this tournament theoretically. Yeah, all the big names except for uh, Federer. Now, listen, I think should we be honest or not? I'm debating. <laughs> Never. No, let's. All right, so we're recording on Monday. Okay. So I've seen some results. All right. Man, I should have made some predictions. <laughs> I would have looked like a genius. Well, I haven't, so you can look like a genius to me. <sighs> All right, so anywho, so we've got Rafa in at, at, at one. He hasn't played in six months, but he's still one. Yeah. That's not true. That was a bit much. Uh, he Chil- didn't play Davis Cup. That was it. Chilich is two. And old Novak back in the mix, baby. <laughs> huh? How about that? That's something. Yeah. You don't think he's going to... No, I can't get excited until I see a couple wins. Until he does some stuff. Uh, you know who else is back that people aren't thinking about? Stan? Ah, uh, Nishikori. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that racist? I don't think and so. And he had a tough first-round match. Burditch? Yeah. Has that already played? Yeah. I'm trying not to like <laughs> let any of my facial expressions <laughs> do anything because uh, we did see some matches. So, yeah, he ended up winning. Really? Okay. Yeah, Nishikori. So he is getting his game back. Well, he on a changeover, they were looking at his wrist or mm-hmm. something. I'm like, damn it, already, dude? <laughs> um, and, you know, and a guy that never gets injured and Burdick can't, Burdick can't win a dance, you know, come yeah. on, man. Come on. We've got so many guys that are just fading on the tour right now. I know. I it, mm, mm, And nobody mm. to take their place. <laughs> <laughs> 
So once again, the the whole idea of all these dumb buys. Um, God, I hate those buys. So, um, which means none of the top players play first round, right? So they're all through. Um, but you know, Djokovic did not have a buy. Why? Because well, he's the ninth seed. Yeah. So only the top eight got buys. Yeah. So Djokovic played a high school kid <laughs> from West Texas, uh, and he beat him 0-1. <laughs> That's not true. He played, he played an accident. Look. He, he played, played a, a Serbian, right? He did play a Serbian. And that guy's pretty good, but he's got to have the mental edge there, I guess, because they know each other. Yeah, and he's, you know, yeah. So that pecking order in, in tennis is tough to overcome. But that's good for him. If he's winning that easily against anybody, that's got to mean something. Well, now he's got Borna Chorich. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, that'll be a good test to see where he's at. And if he wins that one, he's got the winner of Dominic Team and Andrei Rublev. Jeez, that's a tough I draw. Don't, I, I don't see him getting out of that. No way. Section. I don't think so. No, because he would have to play two tough matches in a row, and he hasn't shown that he. And can maybe do he's a hundred percent fit. Maybe yeah. he, elbow, whatever. What? Maybe he's a hundred percent. But it doesn't matter. He hasn't been competing, and, right. he, and he doesn't have Agassi. He did, I was gonna say he did get his old coach back. Who's that? Marion Vida's back. Oh yeah, his old yeah. Right, right, right. I don't even know if he ever went away. I think I he, thought he still had him the whole time. He was just part of the team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So anywho, so yeah, so uh, it it. It's uh, finally we get you know we're done with all these little tiny tournaments where no one plays and we don't care <laughs> except for Jack Sock, obviously. <laughs> um, and so we get to see if some of these big four. I got news for you, buddy. It's like Tiger Woods, man. I I like golf. Watching golf when Tiger Woods is playing. I don't know anything about golf to be <laughs> fair, uh, but you don't know anything about tennis, so it works out. <laughs> um, to see some of these big cats back in here, man, it makes all the difference in the world. It does because it you want to see how they're going to do against the players they've always beaten and then you want to see how they're going to do when they actually play each other they've had a bunch of you know false starts though so right when isner i guess he's, i'm assuming he's playing this too that's be four weeks in a row he's played now because he played two weeks miami davis cup houston that'd be five weeks in a row and now this or four and a half so right. i was kind of surprised he he didn't take houston's week off well which he kind of did <laughs> i was gonna say well he he thought he was going to win it. But um, this is when he kind of starts fading usually for a while. He's on these little European swings. Right. Well, if um, if Nadal turns out to be a dud and Djokovic, I mean, that's it. Yeah. So you have you have a 64 draw. And you got two guys in it that make this draw worth a shit. Right. And if they both go out unceremoniously, or, well, I mean, you know, come on. Born to Chorch, he's, he's coming into his own. Or if he makes it past that, Dominic team. But that, like you said, nobody's, nobody's tuning in for, for Chilich and, you know, some of these other guys. They're tuning in to see Nadal and Djokovic at least go to quarter semis. I mean, if we, if, listen, because Dominic team's supposed to be all about clay. Right. So if he makes it to the final and plays somebody else who's done well this season thus far, like a Chilich or somebody, right. that wouldn't be horrible. Yeah, it wouldn't be horrible. But i I don't know how to I don't know how to rate that for people that don't have a tennis podcast. You know, right. I mean we right. we you know do we care more? I don't know. Does the rest of America not give a shit? And again, I don't care about the rest of the world. Not because we're better, we are, <laughs> but because this is an American tennis podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's from our point of view. 
So I, I understand that other countries care about tennis way more. Right. Um, but, hey, we're rich. So they have to at least pay us some attention in what we, what we like and don't like over here. Well, and I don't think I'm in the minority by saying I cannot take these young guys seriously until they do something. Sure, team yeah. and Zverev and Kyrgios, like they've made some Grand Slam semis, or just team has, but yeah, I just I'm not going to get excited about them winning anything until they actually win something. Oh, and by the way, when I said we're rich, I'm in America, not me and Corey. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll give you a prime example. How about Djokovic prior to him winning the first Australian against, uh, you know, what's his name, the French guy. Um, I'm getting old. Who did he play? Wasn't Songa or Gasquet? Yep, Songa. Oh, it was. Okay. Yep. There you go. Yep. You know, before that, he wasn't. Oh, that was the one where Songa beat uh, Nadal in the semis? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Right. So anyway, he wins it, but it, he still didn't play, you know, right. whatever. And you still were waiting. And, and he didn't win another one that year. He right. He didn't win one until the next year. And then he started beating the top guys. And, yeah. oh, he's now a top guy. Right. And we're lucky. Because I need to remind you that we're in an era <laughs> with three of the greatest <laughs> players. The three. Remember, it's the three greatest. The three greatest. Yeah. How, men's how lucky we are. Tennis players <laughs> of 50 grand slams between the three of them, almost. All time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to play any more tennis after they retire. No. They shut the sport down. Yeah. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> Which it, it is going to be downhill, but, but not, for that, not for that reason. I don't know about downhill. I think more of like a cliff. <laughs> I'm thinking more of just a drop straight down Yeah, to the rocks below. <laughs> no, that's not. I have hope. Yeah. I have hope. Part of it is because I just saw a beautiful red clay court overlooking the blue Beautiful blue uh, Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. Um, but you do have guys like Team and, and George and, you know. Uh, Zverev. Zverev. And then you've got those ones that are a bit older like Chilich and Del, yeah. Delpo and stuff. I mean, it, it can hang on. I think Delpo is the one who can kind of keep the sport interesting for a while until those other guys get back. Because he has a pretty big fan base. Dude, I told you, man, at the, at the U.S. Open, his court was Act. Well, and he's won a Grand Slam, which always always helps. Right. Even Chilich, he hasn't won. He won the one, but I don't think a lot of people don't really don't really give him that much credit for that one. Uh, and it was it was so long ago, but I guess Del Potro's was too. Right. But Del Potro beat Federer in his, and Chilich beat Nishikori to win his. So it was a lot different. If um, if all those guys retired immediately, and then one of these young bucks. Started racking up the Grand Slams. Does that now mean <laughs> that we witness the four best players? Obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, that makes my point. Because somebody's got to win the damn thing. Right. But I don't think any of these guys have stepped out yeah. from the crowd. Uh, for You know, for so whatever. <sighs> well, and I think... We always get to this point, by the way. We do, yeah. And I think if here. Federer had won... He's won 20, but I'm saying, let's say he's won 30, literally, and he's that much better than everybody else. I think it's easier to say he's the greatest of all time, but the fact that it's the same three guys that win all of them, I think it makes it harder to say that. Well, it just says we can't definitively say that he is, but we he's absolutely 
could be right. the greatest to ever play. Yeah. There's no question he could be. Right. I mean, you didn't lose them all. Yeah. You know, he won however many, but, or 30 if he gets to whatever number. But yeah, so. Um, I mean, right now, Federer can win Wimbledon and maybe beat one Grand Slam winner en route to the title. Right. Which, I mean, is not, means he doesn't have to play a tough match till the semis. It's kind of like the old days, like you joke about when you just used to just have to play one match to yeah. retain the title. <laughs> that's kind the... of that's kind of what we're at right now. Yeah, just the longer version of it. Right. Well, that's depressing. I, I you know what, we should have just talked about Jin Zhao. <laughs> um, well, we got to talk about the thing you're excited about. We got American team and Fed Cup and Davis Cup. When's the last time that's happened? That is true. Now the women, you know, I'm sitting pretty. I'm like, yeah, they're gonna win it. I yeah. feel good about it. The men, I'm like, what? How are they hanging on? What are they doing? <laughs> um, and it's not till September, so we have a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> so I'm so ready for that new format. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So two things. Number one, I'm gonna put you on the spot. But first, <laughs> I've, all right. So week three is it week three? Even though I've been out, um, Yanina Wickmeyer has not. Still has not. <laughs> Wake my watch. Follow me back. So I've got a new plan. Find out where she's staying. No, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Yanina, I'm kidding. Um, that would be cra- crazy and creepy, and there's no way I'd be able to find that out. Um, I think what I'm going to try to do is we, we're going to look through the rankings list. We're going to look through the tournaments, who's playing, where, and we're going to have a contest. It's not really a contest because nobody, <laughs> nobody's trying to win it. Uh, but we're gonna have, we'll call it a contest. Why not? Uh, on who the first and highest ranked player is to follow our podcast Twitter. Okay. What do you think about that? Number twelve hundred seventy-five. <laughs> hey, listen. First of all, got to start somewhere. Just hitch our wagon to somebody right. and ride them all the way to the top. Because if we find the right one. And she's like, yeah, I'll follow you. Um, nobody knows me either. Right. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. Um, but then she goes on a tear <laughs> and comes out of nowhere like Danielle Collins. Right. And then we're in business. We look like a genius. Yeah. Or this fantastic podcast, word gets out. They start listening to it on the tour. Rankings improve. <laughs> and they're going to be clamoring. Except the fact we bash every American player. Clamoring. Well, I don't need an American player to follow me. I don't give <laughs> right, a shit. Right. It's a global sport, man. Yeah. I'm enlightened here. <laughs> I want to help American tennis be the best, but, you know, on the women's side, it's not a problem. Right. That's true. Not a problem at all. So, what do you think about that plan? I like it. Got any names in mind? Oh. Who's the 1,200th woman in the world? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's some, there's got to be some up-and-coming people that are you know, more tech savvy. They're they're younger. They're into the podcasts and all that, iTunes and everything. So it's gonna have to be someone like yeah, that. I think iTunes, real tech savvy. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you tell this is the uh, technological <laughs> podcast? What is the average age of the host on this podcast? Eighty <laughs> three. No, it took us twenty minutes to figure out how to turn the mics on. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think that's what we need. We need someone. You know. Maybe a college player. That's who we should target. So we're all about college tennis. Well, I'm in college, and that might be a little creepy. <laughs> well, I it's mean, it's got to be a professional player. But I mean, they, no, I mean, they just got out of college, and going see. on tour. So like Daniel Collins, yeah. but maybe like the day after they graduate. Yeah, just wait outside <laughs> of the ceremony 
for graduation. <laughs> Stop mentioning waiting. It doesn't always that always doesn't sound right. Anytime not, we're waiting for something. I'm not gonna do that, by the way. <laughs> this is all just comedy, folks. Yes. Um all right. Well, so that's that's my next plan in terms of getting, you know, you need a we, we listen, we had we had just a, a glimpse a glimpse of what we could be <laughs> as a podcast by having somebody who was high as twelve in the world following our podcast. Well and imagine when our new girl, whoever it is, plays Yanina in a tournament, then it's gonna be Twitter it's war be so tense. Twitter war. Here's the other problem. It might just we might have to just start doing Instagram. <laughs> Now, the problem is, as I've mentioned before, I've got the app. I'm automatically signed in. Like, it just comes up like yeah. I'm signed in. But I can't find on this thing what my name is. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell people to follow. This is ridiculous. It doesn't say it right when you open it? It doesn't. Huh. It's got to somewhere. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> this is ridiculous. We only discuss this on air, by the way. We never <laughs> attempt to figure it out when we're off. Well, and people do follow us. I just, I don't know who they are, and I don't want to say their name because it's all weird. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to, and I'm not going to follow them because I feel a little creepy following people to look at their pictures. <laughs> but I guess everybody Somebody's does. Not familiar with the concept of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean I don't want to do the exact thing that I downloaded this stupid app for? All right, so I'm an idiot. <laughs> But there's people on here, and I don't want to say their names. I don't know what they're doing. I, you yeah. know, they got so they're probably hackers or or Russians. No, I think this person's real. Um, it doesn't look like she has a uh, world ranking in tennis. However, <laughs> damn it, yeah, there we have a handful of people uh, that follow the old Instagram. Maybe what I should do is send them a message <laughs> and ask them what my name is. <laughs> on instagram this is stupid what a stupid so if you app. want to be the first ranked player to follow us on instagram listen if somebody mails you a letter guess what's on that damn letter your address that's right shit <laughs> this is ridiculous why do i even what is it 11 followers we have 11 how followers. is anyone even gonna find us when they don't know our name i it's don't gonna be i don't know how they're following us now right they seem to be real people. I, there's not naked pictures or anything. Nobody's like tried to get money out of me or anything. <laughs> oh, there it is. Wait a minute. Is that it? Oh, up here. I think I found it. <laughs> I think the mystery is uh -oh. solved. It's about to explode. Tennis Revolution Pod. Oh, there you go. How did I not know that? <laughs> How did I not know that? Unbelievable. There you go. So there you go. So follow us at Tennis Revolution Pod. And, uh, if it explodes tomorrow, you know why. So now I don't know how to do like the Twitter thing where I try to find – I get – whatever. I'll figure it out. But maybe that's what I'll do with Yanina. Maybe we'll go back to Yanina Wickmeyer and see. I just feel creepier following somebody when they're putting pictures of themselves. Doesn't that seem odd? I think that's – the, literally the way they make money on Instagram is the more followers you have, the more. So I think they are actually helping them when you follow them. So if I follow a Yanina, wow, who's that hot looking dude in her picture? Good <laughs> Lord. That uh, must be her husband. Oh, maybe he heard our, <laughs> and he was like, wait a second. He's controlling their, her social media. Wait a second. That might be it. I can't let her talk to these guys. I don't know what to tell you. Anywho. So, um, 
Oh, but yes, if you follow them, there is a chance they will follow you back. I would assume. Okay. Now, there's absolutely zero reason to follow me on Instagram because we do <laughs> a nothing. Yeah. Um, that usually is dissuades people from following you when you have nothing up. All right. Well, I think I'll start with Twitter. I bet you have way more people are on Twitter than Instagram. Well, uh, over yeah, the age of 30. More, yeah. Over the age of 30. Under is probably the opposite. So now, are you prepared for the other thing we talked about? Probably not. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up, let's talk about what we're going to do next time on the next <laughs> next week's podcast for your listening enjoyment. So this is a tease to Another get you. Another tease. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to create a new segment called Corey's Corner. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. And you're not ready. Oh, I'll be ready. You are such a piece of shit. <laughs> the worst host I've ever heard of. I'll be ready. All right. So in honor of my tweet to you, I mean, no, that's wrong. Uh, in my text to you, after listening to your fantastic uh, solo effort last week, I said, you know what? We need you to really talk a lot more. <laughs> we failed in this episode. Right. That's my fault. <laughs> but I think one way to ensure that your voice is heard is to create a new segment called Corey's Corner. I'm going to be like Andy Rooney. Kinda no catchy. one's going to know who that is. Well, got, well, it grinds my gears. <laughs> They'll <laughs> right. know that. Yes, exactly. So, so, uh, so what do you think about that? No, I like it. I think it'll. I'll come up with some topic that that will fire you up, and then I'll give my opinion on it. You can fire back. Well, today would have been fantastic, but you didn't do it in the corner. <laughs> it was did impromptu. It, you did it in the beginning, right? Uh, instead of doing it, because um, that 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 was a brilliant question. Yeah, that was a really insightful, thoughtful I've question. Got hundreds of those. Just I, brewing that's here. Doubtful, <laughs> but uh, one, just one more <laughs> next week will be enough. Yeah. So, all right. So next week, we'll talk about Monte Carlo, the results of Monte Carlo, and how the men's game is in ruins. <laughs> and then we'll change the name of this to the Women's Tennis Revolution right. Podcast. Um, <laughs> to the Tennis uh, Evolution Podcast. Sick of this shit. <laughs> um, not that I want the men's to be better than the women's. For any, I, I just want the men's to be better. Right. It's crap. And hopefully, we have Fed Cup, which will be more of a reason why the women's are better. Yeah, that's going to be dope. All right. Anything else? Nope. Great answer. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like the woman in the beginning, in the middle there told you, check out our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, I think. Uh, I, no, I know websites. I can do that. <laughs> um, our Twitter is 10SREV, tennisrev, at tennisrev on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at tennisrevolutionpod at gmail.com. And what a coincidence. That is the same name as our Instagram. Ten- follow us. I think Is that what you do? Yeah. You follow Instagram? Yeah. Do they steal that from Twitter? I don't like that. They need to come <laughs> up with their own verb. Well, you can like or follow, I believe. All right. We'll do both. Do both. Uh, Instagram, or, or as the youngsters call it, Insta. <laughs> Follow our Insta. Uh-huh, it feels pretty good. There you go. You know, I'm getting younger every day. <laughs> uh, follow our Insta at Tennis Revolution Pod, and uh, for nothing, for no reason, right. not one picture. If you, you can't retweet pictures, though, I don't think. Like, con- no, don't like think the so. same concept. No. All right, well then that's useless then. So uh, follow us because I'd like really I'd like to break the world record of Insta followers without putting one picture <laughs> on Instagram. Right. Um, that'd be the greatest thing, I think, the greatest achievement of this podcast. So, all right. 
Hey, if you're out there and you're a professional women's tennis player, not in college because Corey's creepy, um, <laughs> hey, hit us up. Get on our Twitter. We're, we're, we're trying to you know, take this uh, podcast to the big leagues, and that's, uh, I think, our next step to do it. We'll build your career. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Nope. I already asked you that. Son of a bitch. All right. Well, hey, everybody out there, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Follow us.